Hey there, good morning. It's Precious Pioneer, and it's time to get up. Time to shake and to shimmy, to kick off your week with positive food happenings with your favorite beverage. Thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Monday Brews with Precious. It's Precious Pioneer, and I hope that you all had an absolutely wonderful weekend. Yesterday was National Ice Cream Day, which is, which you would think would probably be my favorite day of the year. But the fact that there wasn't any deals at all going on yesterday, I was a little bit disappointed. Um, but I think I'll just have to treat myself later this week and just go out and get an ice cream cone or something. I think with the coronavirus and everything, they didn't want to accumulate large crowds. Even 7-Eleven, you know, their uh, 7-Eleven, like, year annual, I guess annual would be the word, uh, Slurpee deal, they closed that down unless you have a membership. And so I think a lot of these really fun deals that would draw on a lot of crowds and a lot of business, a lot of companies are kind of steering away from with good faith. So, I mean, I could imagine why, why they kind of delay and like push that stuff off. But this week, uh, for Monday Brews, I wanted to keep it really short, really sweet. Today, I'm actually having a really great iced cup of coffee. I don't know if you guys ever tried using a little bit of maple syrup as your sweetener. Uh, not like the Aunt Jemima's like artificially kind, but like the organic, like really drippy, like from the tree maple syrup in your coffee. But I definitely recommend it. I think it's so good. It gives it such a nice... I don't know, like oaky sort of like, oaky's not the word, it's not like smoky or anything, but like that maple-y, I guess like maple's the word, but it's not too sweet, you know, like I, I usually use like brown sugar sometimes or maybe some honey um, to sweeten my coffee, but I think that the maple syrup trick is so good. Anyway, today I actually wanted to jump in and talk to you guys about wine. Not just any wine, but clean wine. I was reading a couple of articles yesterday related to clean wine. I don't know if you've ever heard that term before, but I usually like a glass of wine every now and then. I usually don't drink too much, but wine is something I do enjoy occasionally. But I recently discovered Clean Wine. It's a it's a brand founded by uh, Courtney Dunlop and Michelle Feldman. I remember studying wine in college. I took a couple of wine and alcohol beverage classes. It's required for hospitality, but basically they were talking about how it's not required for any of the wine manufacturers or wine makers to have any sort of labels of what goes inside of each bottle. And that recently kind of came up when you saw the uptrends of organic wine and all these different things, which is actually different than clean wine. We'll get into that in a minute. But oftentimes, uh, wine makers will include things called mega purple to enhance the color or give it that fake oak flavor, which I thought was really interesting because what I studied in school, you know, you'd think that, you know, they pull the grapes from the vineyard and then they press them and then they ferment. And, you know, depending on whether you like red or white, they leave the tannins in, which is the grape skin that gives it the color and the tart flavor. And then you, you know, you swish and spit. <laughs> But really, to save cost, uh, a lot oftentimes when you find like cheaper wine, they'll add all kinds of different additives and things like that. So the question, as we you've noticed, like the question around us, like the question of what exactly we've been putting into our bodies, like you can see that with 
the food industry of like, okay, so what, why are there pesticides and things sprayed on our food? You see that in things like our cleaning products. We want more sustainable cleaning products. We see that in our skincare. And so I think that with wine, you know, it's a long, long time over, it's long time overdue for a transparent, for transparency to be the normal. And so what I found super interesting about this uh, clean wine brand is that they actually really are the first wines out wine company I suppose out there that's really trying to debunk uh, and disclose what exactly is in that bottle that we're drinking so wine bottles can include up to 60 or more 60 plus ingredients uh, whether that's added sugars oat aging powder tannin powders um, artificial colors and sweeteners and things like that it was even reported in Forbes uh, magazine that winemakers can make wine taste like anything because you don't have to put anything on the label so you can add anything to make it taste and look like wine but really you know you don't know what you're drinking i don't know if you've ever heard, uh, saw that study about how those fancy like wine professionals who like close their eyes blindfolded and they sit at a table and they take a sip and they swish and then they spit it and they're like this is a cabernet from 19 whatever whatever and this is you know a good grape region you know like the, the super snobby like I mean if you're a sommelier my bad but like you know what I mean like that whole like pretentious like you have to study really hard to you know be an absolute professional well they did a study I think it was at Harvard where they brought in like all of the best wine professionals to test to see which wine was better and it was a red wine and a white wine that they each had to try and you know they each inserted their own opinion they're like okay this one is better because of x y and z and then this one may be better because you know they had a great rain that year you know whatever crap and then <laughs> it turns out they just added they were the exact same wine and they couldn't tell the difference and so that kind of debunked the whole um this is another tangent but they kind of debunked the whole um professional level of like what they're actually tasting because these are the top professionals in the world but they weren't able to distinguish that they were in fact the exact same wine but they added food coloring to one to the white wine to make it look red and so they both tried it to see which one was better but really it was it was the same the same wine and so that goes to say like when ford reported that winemakers can make wine taste like anything that's kind of what i thought about because you can kind of add tannins which is like the tartiness from like the grapes and that's a, the main distinction between red and white wine and so the fact that you can just add tannin powder to it that's what you know that's what it made me think of because clearly if you've ever had like a chardonnay versus a merlot you know you can taste the difference between the red and the white but if you could just add tannin powder to a white wine what's the difference in that case when i stumbled upon the word clean wine i think we naturally have that connotation of like okay clean so it's good for me it's better for the environment and all these different things but there's a clear distinction here clean wine is different from organic wine because the thing is that you can definitely grow grapes naturally use organic grapes into the wine but then you can go ahead and add all the additives what we're trying to avoid so you can go ahead and add all the colors and all the artificial flavors all that different stuff so clean wine is different in the sense that it's from the vineyard it's pressed it's it's what we envision how wine is actually made and then versus like organic or any other type of wine you usually like you don't you don't know what's what you're drinking which i just found not necessarily revolutionary but i thought it was just so interesting that it's one of those things that they're not required to have a label. So really, do we know what's in it? It could be, you know, a whole bunch of additives that just make it taste like wine and we think that we're drinking it, but we we really just don't know. So I think it's just very interesting in, in that sense. 
as of right now, there isn't a way to verify if, one, if the wine brand is actually delivering on what it's saying that it is. So it could definitely have grown from this vineyard in this location, or it can have certain, like, or it can say that it's hand pressed or all these different things, but there's no way to completely verify if that's actually true or not. There are certain certifications, but nowadays um, it's been reported that they can be easily discredited or falsified. But the key distinction here, if you are looking for a really good clean wine, they usually include the lot number on the back of the bottle. It's almost like a serial number, like 1278B, whatever, you know? And so I'll have the little number right on the bottom above the barcode. And so usually they'll have that number, the lot number of where, that number is often used as a certification that you could not only find the lot of which the grapes were grown for that bottle of wine, but then also the processes of how that wine was made. It's the it's kind of the proof that you need that the winemaker can't misinterpret what's actually inside of the bottle. And they can disclose all the details to the buyer in each batch of wine that they had made. And so I think that's really interesting. So if you do get a bottle of wine of clean wine, of course there's that clean wine brand, but if you're also looking for other natural clean wine, they usually have that serial number on the back that gives you the lot number. So when you think of clean wine, it's basically, it's usually described as minimal intervention one that's made in the vineyard not in the lab and i think there's a key distinction in there forbes mentioned that a lot of wine makers usually put all their giant gallons of juice into these giant plastic wheelbarrows and then they'll mix whatever it is in the lab and to make it to test the acidity and test all the things that makes wine wine but basically the clear distinction here is that clean wine is made in the vineyard it's pressed it's barreled however it goes through it goes to the distillery all in the vineyard you know it's not usually taken to a lab to be tested and added all these add all these different things and so that's the clear distinction there and i think okay so like wrapping up i suppose it's like why it's like precious i get it you're hitting the nail on the head why should we care and when i found this out i was like you know what like maybe it's definitely worth investing into because i don't know about you guys but i definitely suffer from this this is probably why i don't drink you know that much at all because of the I don't typically, actually, I don't typically get hangovers at all, but with wine, I think it's because of the sugar level or whatever it is. Sometimes if I go to brunch or something or I go to lunch and I have a glass of wine, I'll get a headache if it's too hot out or all these different things. And so with clean wine, they claim, I don't know, I haven't tried it yet. Um, They claim that there aren't any hangovers, none at all, because good clean wine doesn't contain any chemical additives, dyes, fake flavors, added sugar, sulfates, or animal byproduct. Like none of this is in wine. It's only grapes that were grown without pesticides, just fermented in grape juice. And so they say, because it doesn't have any of this, it's just the grapes that have been fermented. Our liver is able to process it a lot better without the overload of the toxic waste and all the pesticides and all the other crap that they typically add to wine. And I'm like, oh, okay, like interesting, interesting. You know, you're you're selling me on this. And um, they say that hangovers, rashes, and all the negative reactions that you get with wine, because sometimes like my skin will get really red when I have a glass of wine. I don't, they call it the glow or something. They call it something. And so I, I typically, t- my face turns kind of red even after just one glass. So maybe that's the rash that they're referring to. And, but some people definitely break out a lot more than than just that alone but they say that all of that comes from your body trying to get rid of all of that junk and that gunk from the wine because your liver can't properly metabolize the alcohol and so 
interesting. I don't know. I don't know about you because I think it's definitely worth trying out. So if you suffer from any of these or if you're just trying to see the clear difference or the, or the distinction between the two, I think it's definitely worth just trying out because, you know, I think with the up, up trend of like being very careful of what we are putting into our body, I think there shouldn't be an exception between wine, especially because, you know, alcohol is already notorious for kind of, it's, it's good for our body in some cases, like people drink a glass of red wine to help with something. I forgot what it's for. Is it our blood? I don't know. They say like for women, it's good to drink like a one glass of red wine. I forgot why, but you know, for that reason. So if you are drinking your glass of red wine, you know, like it may be a double-edged sword if you're drinking all of the chemicals and stuff. So maybe this could be a really good option for you. I think I'm going to have to try it and, and get back to you. <laughs> the study was done by Jan O'Brien at Forbes. And so I'll definitely leave the bottle of clean wine information down in the show notes. If you're interested and you want to just do some research on your own, I'll definitely leave and cite everything in the show notes so you guys have access to it. But that's all I have for you guys. Please continue to stay safe inside if you can with a mask. Let's work together to drop the numbers i know that coronavirus we're still like in a pandemic right now so just try to be very careful if you can steer away from eating out at restaurants please do but definitely still support small local businesses because you know as the weeks go on and i do the monday brews you know and i study the news reports they're not necessarily getting a lot better a lot of people are starting to eat out more but then the cases definitely increase and you're putting you know kitchen staff and server staff at risk so if you do go out then just please you know be very mindful of everybody around you. You know, we're trying to drop the numbers so we could help our communities and help our neighbors, you know. And so I just wanted to leave that with you, you know, to just be extra kind during this time because you're not really sure what everybody's going through. Everybody's on a different strain, whether that's from unemployment or not enough food or suffering from somebody who has passed away from coronavirus. So just be very mindful of everybody around you. And if you can lend a helping hand, then just please do. And I hope you guys all have a great, great, great rest of your week. And I'll catch you guys Wednesday. Bye-bye.